new Instagram prototype that's in the works, Lush quitting social media and some tips to build your community. Welcome to Working Girl Talk. Hey everyone, welcome to Working Girl Talk. I'm your host, Abby Zufel. Working Girl Talk is the podcast for women who work. Each episode covers the latest news in social media and business and covers a working girl topic that applies to you. As a marketing strategist and fellow working girl myself, I aim to educate and inspire you to be the best version of you inside and outside of the workplace. Welcome to the show, everyone. Our first news story of the day is about an Instagram new prototype. So TechCrunch received a tip on Thursday about a new Instagram prototype that will make it so you cannot see likes on an Instagram post. Only the person who posted the photo will be able to see likes. So basically TechCrunch found out because uh, a girl named Jane Manchin Wong, who has uh, helped them spot new things in the past, spotted the change in Instagram's Android code and was able to generate some screenshots of what it would look like. A spokesperson for from Instagram Actually, I just said a spokesperson. I'm assuming it's somebody from Instagram. A spokesperson told TechCrunch, we're not testing this at the moment, but exploring ways to reduce pressure on Instagram is something we're always thinking about. So this was interesting because there have been a lot of talks about, oh, likes and like your self-esteem concerning likes and the like culture. And um, there have been a lot of, there's been a lot of talk about this and a lot of influencers have talked about this, like not measuring your self-worth on likes. Um, And it's good not to focus on likes, but if they ever did roll out something like this, I wonder if Instagram would lose some of its likability, no pun intended, as an app, just because that is such a big role in it, just that people like likes. I mean, looking at which you would see the likes yourself on your post, but it's always kind of interesting to see how many people liked other people's posts, whether it's subconscious or not, whatever reason, just when you're scrolling through, it's just hard to imagine not being able to see that, but maybe it would be a good thing um, so that no one's really judging you, I guess, if you're posting it liked that much. Um, The sad part about that, which TechCrunch made a good point and brought it up too, that will this make people look at followers more? Which I already have a problem with that anyway. I think follower-based metrics of getting an influencer deal or having that be the only measure of a successful account is pretty archaic. Just that you can have so many followers, but your engagement's terrible and you're not reaching any of them. So why does it even matter if you have that many followers? So it'll be interesting to see from like the marketing standpoint of influencers, if they ever did roll this out, they said they're not rolling it out yet. It's just a prototype that if it would affect the whole influencer marketing world, just because there might be a more value placed on follower count, which there already is so much, but I feel like slowly we're trying to get away from focusing on more engagement, but with this, bring it back to just solely followers because that's basically to the naked eye what anyone could see. So just thought that was interesting, but I mean, at least Instagram, like it's trying to cater to people who are struggling with like um, self-esteem issues with Instagram, but I don't know. I don't know how that would work. So let it, let me know. So on my latest Instagram on Working Girl Talk, let me know what you think about this. Because, um, yeah, mixed feelings for me over here. It's cool that they're kind of uh, wanting to help people with self-esteem. But at the same time, I don't know if that would make people focus more on followers, which is already such a big problem. And second story, um, not any hard-hitting news, but I thought it was kind of fun to talk about. So um, a big story this week was that Apple Pay comes to Uber Eats. So if you're somebody that uses the Uber Eats app to order food, you might be happy 
happy about this. So Apple Pay has been in partnership with Uber, the car ride sharing service since 2014. So it was just a matter of time before Apple Pay came to Uber Eats. So they announced that they'll be rolling out to around 20 different markets, including Canada, France, Hong Kong, Ireland, Italy, a ton more UK and United States. So that should be pretty cool for people just wanting that ease of Apple Pay. I know a lot of people are big fans of Apple Pay. So coming to an Uber Eats near you soon. And last story, you know I had to talk about this. I posted about this on the Working Girl Talk Instagram. So many thoughts about this, so I have to talk about it. Uh, last week, Lush Cosmetics, the beauty brand, they make the bath bombs and the uh, they have the charity pot. They have all these like famous uh, lotions and potions that they're famous for, for being really natural, not tested on animals. And so they announced um, last weekend that they are quitting social media. So crazy. And I will have to be clear that it was just, it's just their UK um, portion of their company. So the UK side is quitting social media. The US is still, still here. My first thought when I heard about this, I was like, oh, like what's their reason? And after reading more into it, their main reasoning, and this is a quote from their post, we are tired of fighting algorithms and we do not want to pay to appear in your newsfeed. Hmm. (laughs) When I read that, I was a little let down because you think a company that is so like, oh, we're cruelty free, like have all these like things they're passionate about. You think they'd have a better reason? I was getting ready for like, oh, like maybe like they want to connect it back to the customer and they want to be more hands-on or something, which I'm sure they have reasons like that too. But that reason, like the PR girl in me is like, no, like why would you say that? I just feel like it sounds so bad. Like we're tired of fighting with the algorithms. Like, aren't we all? Like you're just going to quit on us? Like, like, really? <laughs> and then we don't want to pay to appear in your newsfeed. That one seemed a little selfish to me, which obviously I can't see their numbers. I don't know their books, but from the look of it, you'd think they'd have a little money to put behind ads. But at the same time, they have such a fault, great following. Their content is beautiful. And they have people that already share their content for free, like free advertising, just because like the product's beautiful and people take pictures with it. Like they're already getting those ads for free. Do they even need to pay for ads? I have never seen a sponsored post from them. I don't know if anyone else let me know. So I just thought that was like a weird reasoning why, especially when there's so many other good reasons to use that. Like, I feel like they could have spun it a little different. I I don't know if spin's the right word, but they could have framed it a little different to be more about reaching back to the customer and making it more in-person, not digital, which in the post, if you go read it, um, Time did a really good article on this. If you want to like just dive in more into this, Um, the series of posts that announced it, they basically said that you can still like post about the products using this certain hashtag and that uh, for remaining of like the week you would still like talk to them through that but after that you'd have to email them if you wanted to talk to them so it might be better for them on that front like if people have questions they can email them directly I don't know how they're going to manage that um but it's kind of interesting because I was talking to somebody who works at Lush today actually like funny enough and they were saying it makes me wonder how the people in the UK like the social media like specialist over there like are they getting like laid off I don't know I don't know how that works but that was just an interesting point too I wonder what's happening to that social media department over there or if they only have one social media department and they were creating content for like all the US and the UK so maybe it doesn't change anything but I thought that was an interesting point that they might 
might have to talk about soon. I don't know if anyone will ask about that, but I guess we'll just see um, overall of like what happens there, <laughs> if it like affects their numbers at all, but it'll be a definitely like an interesting case study because this is like the first company I can think of, at least a big one, that's trying to step away from social media in an age where social media is so like, it's so easy to drive sales, the influencer market is booming. And I talked about this on my post that it kind of feels like with that hashtag still like, oh, you can still share on this hashtag. It's kind of like they don't want to put in the work for social media, but they still expect people to post about it. So it kind of rubbed me a few different ways. On one side, it's a bold move and like they are like a bold company. So making like a statement like this is like, oh, like that's cool. Like just bringing it back to the customer. But I think their framing around it was a little off. I don't know their why they would have chosen that route. The whole like, we don't want to pay. Like, I don't know. That just seems like a I don't know. It just seems like in bad taste to say that because, which I don't know their numbers, like I said, but for the people outside looking in, you think it's a huge company. Of course they have like a marketing budget. And at the same time, like I said, I could keep going all day, but I don't even know like, why would they even need to pay so much on ads? Like, why would they complain about it this much? Yeah. So I just thought that was an interesting story, a bold move of them, and we'll see what happens next for them. So on that note, kind of getting back to that community roots, I thought it would be awesome to talk about networking and community building. It's something I'm really passionate about and love talking about. And first off, let's start off with why is community building even important? Who cares? Why, why do we care about this? Um, so I think personally, no matter the industry you're in, uh, whether that's medical, business, corporate, startup, marketing, journalism, you name it. You want to have people on your side, even at the basic level. It's just good to have friends that are in the same industry as you or even the same causes you, the same causes you care about because it's nice to have connections. You never know if there's like a job opening up or an opportunity. And like, that's even more at like the, I don't know, selfish level too. I mean, it helps with that too, but it's fun. Like, it's just fun. Like to have a support system behind you and you want to launch something or you have an idea and it's fun to support other people. So I think community building is just important, like straight with that. Like you don't know where it'll take you. It's always good to know somebody. And like at the basic level, it's just having friends, which we all want to have friends. So I think people forget that with the social media era, like it's important to still like have relationships offline too. And a lot of those do start online or vice versa. They're offline, but then you have a great uh, banter on social media and it kind of can go from there. But I think community building is really important because it's the people that will support you at the end of the day, no matter how big your community is. So on that note, I asked a few questions on my Instagram story last night. Huge thank you to everyone who commented back. That was awesome hearing your responses. So I asked a few like, so do you feel like you have a defined community? Like, do you know who your community is? And the answers I got back on that one was pretty evenly across the board, kind of like a, a kinda or a, I don't know, I guess not. Maybe a lot of people were unsure. And I think going back to defining who your community is, is defining what your brand is and like what you believe in too. And like rallying people around that and taking a closer look at your personal brand. It doesn't even have to be something super defined. Like me, like working girl, like there's a lot of women that work, but that actually could create a good community around it. So I think defining your own brand is a great way to gauge how big your community is. And I'm not even talking like followers because you could have followers online that aren't 
aren't even engaged, but like people like you could count on like as your community, which it's a little hard to define. Um, but most likely they're following you. Most likely they connect with your uh, content. They connect with you in real life. So it's just like having that network that will like support you if you launch something like a podcast or a book or a course or an event, like the people that would show up to support you or rally behind you in those situations. So I have three books that I'd recommend <laughs> you read. This just popped into my head and I was like, you know what? These are awesome books and I want to share them. So if you want to even like describe like what even as a community you, um, Tribes by Seth Godin is a really good way to do that. So I had to read this book in one of my PR classes in college. And basically he just explains that tribes are groups of people rallying around the same subject. They have a leader and a cause. And there have been tribes since the beginning of time. And it's just in this digital era, it breaks the barriers of the way old tribes were. So we're breaking things of like, oh, time constraints or distance, like back when maybe there weren't cars. Like, But now we're online, you have access to a tribe or a community so easily, you can more easily be a leader of your own tribe. So he kind of dives into what is a tribe or some people like call it a community, a network, whatever you want to call it. But he dives into exactly what that is and how you can be a leader in your own tribe. So that would be a great place to start if you're looking for a community. And that book is a little older, but I think the principles in it still remain the same today just because social media and the digital era changes so often, but the principles still remain the same. Next pick would be if you're someone who feels like they have a strong community around them already and a big network, a good book you might want to point to would be The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. Um, It's just talking about different ways people take action. So it's kind of talking about groups of people and what sparks that tipping point, that change, that cause of reactions. This would be helpful for someone who already has a community, but maybe you're launching a book and you want people to act on that or you have something that you need somebody to convert on. So that would actually be good for that. It's kind of like wheel. I mean, it's a little more scientific and the examples aren't all like e-commerce or uh, working girls, but um, it's kind of the science behind getting people to act in that tipping point, like what causes change in a community. And the third one is great if you're trying to build a community network and just build a strong network around you would be How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And I'm so sad to say that I've never like read this full book. I can't believe I'm saying that. So embarrassing. But I started it at Barnes and Noble in college. And then it was just like, you know, that college budget. I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to spend money on a book, which is so sad. Tears. Um, but um, I'm reading it now and it's so good. And it's just it's supposed to be like one of the best books of all time. Like it's continually on those like kinds of lists. Um, and it's just like sharing stories of how to be like a good listener, how to influence people and be a better friend and be a leader. So that's always a good one because at the end of the day, I think community building, it's essentially the same thing it's always been is just building a network, being nice, no matter this digital age, like it's all the same, just connecting with people on a personal level, listening, being a good human. (laughs) And it's kind of cool that all of these things, like these books may be older, but it's the same time throughout. Like to be an influencer, you need to be somebody who has a network behind you and rallying behind you. So kind of think about influencers or leaders or speakers that you look up to and like why, think about the why. Like why do you look up to them? Like why are you such a fan of them? Like why when they announce that they're gonna go speak, you're like, oh, I have to go speak. Like you're a part of their tribe when you think like that. And like, that's awesome. Like they're in, you're in like how, but ask how 
did you get there? And um, you can kind of mirror what they're doing and see how you kind of fell into that too. So moving on to the next point. So we kind of talked about how to build a community. What is a community? The biggest way to build a community is to network, which I know is everyone's favorite word. Yay, networking. But it's so true. True. And I've had a few people ask me, oh, like how, like, how do you gain followers and how do you build that community? And really it's offline a lot of the time like too like online is great for growing online obviously but sometimes like going to events and just meeting people is the best way to grow online and obviously offline too because you're building those human relationships but um, it's just a great idea to network in that community and build so how do you network let's start with I get asked sometimes uh, like how do you find out what events to go to like you see like all these people posting about events how did I how did I not know about this how do I know so going to events is huge for networking and it's so easy because at these like networking events that's what they're for so it's not weird to go up to people and talk to them so how to find these events a lot of like co-working spaces which I don't know where everyone's at but here in Arizona and in California a lot of these more these bigger cities do have co-working spaces and they do have events all the time so just looking at their calendar their websites is always a good place to start or if you're in a smaller town or a town with like a startup community those communities kind of usually have like a coalition like here in Phoenix yes PHX like they always have networking events so looking at the startup community and small businesses around you is a great way to start because a lot of the time there is like oh a small business organization and then asking any marketing people you know like for some reason every marketing person I know like knows about networking events so if you have a friend in marketing no matter your industry what like whatever industry you're in like find like a friend in marketing and or, or in PR and ask like hey any networking events coming up and even social media. So just reaching out on your story or to somebody in your area that you look up to. Most of the time, people are pretty nice and will tell you, oh yeah, there's some going on here. So um, just asking around, utilizing your audience on social media is a great way to find networking events. And lastly, on that note, I'm going to give you a few tips before I sign off on networking events because networking can be really hard for people. And I asked last night on my stories, on my Instagram stories, what's the worst part about networking and a lot of the comments are all the same people don't like the awkward small talk they don't like the uncomfortable situations you are putting yourself out there and you maybe they you don't know how to do an elevator pitch and I think what it comes down to is just the uncertainty because you never really know how it's gonna go and it is so much easier just to like stay home and chill like oh man just stay in your pajamas and and I think something too that people they don't realize that this is why they hate networking but like I found myself when I was first starting to like get out there and network after you leave like feeling like you didn't accomplish anything or even like you like oh man like I was so stupid like kind of like reliving over and over all your mistakes so I think that can be a reason too why people associate networking with like stress and awkwardness because you after like you just feel like oh like I didn't even accomplish anything and I just looked like a loser. So um, I'm going to give you three tips to help you get rid of that feeling and walk into networking events more confident. So tip number one, set goals and (laughs) classic like type A, Abby, like that's totally like that's me, but setting goals. And I know it sounds kind of weird, but 
it is really helpful to hold yourself accountable. Like, okay, I'm going to talk to two people or I'm going to tell two people about this thing, or I'm going to ask three people about what do they do for work or just like little simple goals. Just so like at the end, after you feel like, oh dang, like I did some good work tonight. Like I was networking or like even like, oh, I'm going to hand out three business cards, like just little simple goals that you can actually do. Or if it's like a panel and you're going to watch someone speak, like, and you know that there's going to be opportunity to talk to them after like make it a goal like okay I'm gonna walk right up there after not be scared and I'm gonna go talk to them about this this and this so um, I think just setting goals is really useful for networking because it leaves you feel like it's it gets rid of that feeling that you didn't accomplish anything and it kind of helps you keep focus so then you don't have that feeling after of like just aimlessly like oh like trying to network and not getting anything done which I know like it sounds like so like robotic but if you are somebody that struggles it's a great way to start and then eventually you'll kind of just like get into the groove and you won't have to be so like strict with oh like goals this person this person Uh, but it's a great way to start out and my second tip is utilizing the refreshment table because there always is one and I know like so specific but it's true if you like walk in you don't know anyone and you're kind of like oh man like I don't know what to do like just take a deep breath because I've seen it before and I've done it like you walk in you don't know what to do you kind of panic and then you just go and like sit somewhere and then you're kind of like stuck and like you, you can't really like get up anymore like I don't know if anyone else has had that problem but when you walk in like don't act rash and then like okay you don't know anyone cool, totally cool just walk over like slowly to the refreshment table because chances are somebody else is at the refreshment table and then you can totally just like strike up a conversation because going back to that community you already have something similar like oh you're both reaching for a cookie cool I'm gonna talk to you like oh like oh like I like this cookie too like I know it sounds so cheesy but like it works every time like and if you're like really nervous about networking like it works like I know (laughs) I'm just like over here like chuckling but it really works go to the refreshment table and use that and like say if no one's there like just take your time pick up a cookie and it's also good too like to give you a chance to kind of scan the room and see who's there and see where you want to go like and it's kind of distracting like you feel like you're doing something so there's that use the refreshment table and number three if it's a seated event like a panel discussion or a speaker and you have to sit it's in their seating and I guess it could just be for any networking too it's always smartest to go sit by someone I remember when I started college and I was like oh man like how am I gonna make friends like move in like way far away from home didn't know anyone my sister who had gone through the same thing was like oh like Abby like always like my number one thing in class like you just sit by somebody don't ever sit alone like oh is this seat taken just sit by them because you like instantly have a friend that you already like talk to because that is the seat taken like oh can I stay here like that just breaks the ice right away it's happened a few times where it's like oh yeah like you kind of get like cold shoulder but like just go try it again to someone else um, and it works it really does because chances are if somebody else is like sitting in the crowd alone they're alone and awkward too and like they're looking for someone to talk to and that's something I've found that you're not alone when you go into networking events I would say half uh, like maybe even more than half the people there are kind of like scared and they don't like if you just go talk to them or you take the seat by them they are so grateful because like they were alone too so take that empty seat go oh like is anyone sitting here go sit in it make a new friend and then I think too is just being genuine in your conversation and really asking about the person like oh what do you do and asking about their life because sometimes you go into networking 
events and I don't know if this has happened to anyone but somebody kind of has like a mission when they're talking to you like they want to find out who you are and then once you like say who you are like they're kind of uninterested because you're not cool enough so I think just like being a nice person and like really caring about what they have to say because at the end of the day you're there to like just grow your community see if you like meet people that jive with you and like make friends and build a network so everyone's valuable because we're all like awesome humans so uh, just being a nice person and I wanted to cover a few questions before we go about networking questions that I got so one of the questions that I got was if you're mingling with someone and you run out of stuff to say how do you end it and walk away this is such a good question because I think that is what stops a lot of people from going up to somebody because you don't know how to end it and like I'm guilty of that too like it's kind of like oh wait like once it's over how do I walk away like better not to say anything at all and that's not true like go talk to them so what I found that works is if you're like mingling with someone and it kind of is like dying down and you don't know what to say next with this situation you can like if you like really have nothing to say be like oh well can I get your business card like getting like a business card and doing something like that kind of like signals that it's wrapping up and then and throwing in the, it was so nice to meet you. I'd love to connect again. And I hope to see you other events like this. Bye. And kind of just like fade it off from there. Because if you're feeling like that, that it's kind of fading out, they are too. So they'll kind of appreciate that like, oh, like you're just ending it off on a positive note. And a lot of time when you're going to networking events anyway, you probably are with friends. So you can always just be like, oh, thank you so much. So nice to meet you. I'd love to connect again. I'm going to go find my friends, but I'll probably catch up with you later. Or see you around before I go, which is probably the case if it's a small networking event so it doesn't have to be like crazy this big finesse situation like I think just ending it off on a positive note and being like truthful like if you don't think you'll see them again you can just like leave it as like a, it was so great to meet you I'm glad I talked to you type of deal but if you do feel like you'll see them again that's a great way to end it too um, and then another question I got was how do you be genuine and like I was saying earlier like you don't want to be that person that is just going to find like the coolest person there the one that will help you get ahead and then if you are talking to someone and you figure out like oh you're maybe they're not the CEO like don't just like walk away like just be a nice person because at the end of the day like everyone is a connection everyone's everyone can be your friend like I think if you just look at this as like I'm here to just make friends and like learn more about people it really helps you just stay genuine and be curious just be like curious about their life like everyone lives a different life there's like billions of us here like everyone has a different life than you there's definitely something to talk about and be curious about and learn from them and like and I think that's a good perspective too is just th- knowing that you can learn something from from anyone um going with that perspective and being curious knowing you can learn something from everyone and I think that's how you can really just stay genuine and going back to the genuine of this I think going back to those books I was talking about like tribes by Seth Godin like why you even need a tribe and what is one and how to be a leader that can help you really like stay genuine as you're trying to network too so last question that I got was about elevator pitches and the elevator pitch I know people think it's this big thing and like honestly a good way to start on this which I should probably do a whole episode on just elevator pitches but just like look at like what does your Instagram bio say what does your LinkedIn little summary say because that really in a in essence should be your elevator pitch so just having something like that ready and then even at networking events you don't really need to use your elevator pitch I would say especially if you're trying to be this like genuine just trying to learn about people and like build a community you don't really need to be so robotic with a script with an elevator pitch 
niche. It's always good to have because like obviously you don't know who you're going to run into, but I don't think you need to worry about that so much when you're just trying to create an authentic community. And that is it for me on networking and community building today. There's so much to discuss about this, but um, if you have any questions, feel free to DM at Abby Zufel or at Working Girl Talk. We'd love to talk more about this. And thank you so much for your insight on this and participating on my Instagram stories. That was super fun and we'll definitely be doing more of this. But before I let you go, I'm going to go ahead and do my Friday favorite. So this week is a movie. Uh, Last weekend, my husband and I saw the movie Little. It has Issa Rae in it and it is so good. So it came out in theaters last week and it's so cute. So it's my Friday favorite because um, it's like girls working in a startup, like that working girl life. And it's so funny because the boss, she ends up turning into a little kid again and just like all this crazy stuff. So it's just like a fun, light movie and like definitely appeals to that working girl vibe. And it's just so like funny and cute with a great message at the end. Um, Just like being yourself, like girl power. Like it's just funny and cute. So I definitely recommend that this week. So if you're bored this Easter weekend, um, go see it just to have like a fun little like girls night at the movies and go see Little and like not sponsored or anything. I literally just like loved it. (laughs) But thank you so much for listening to Working Girl Talk today. You can find us on Instagram at Working Girl Talk and on Facebook and Twitter. And I'm your host, Abby Zufelt. Thank you so much for joining me today and have a happy Friday. Thank you.